1: Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to the JR Sport Brief on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening
0: to the JR Sport Brief on CBS Sports Radio. Happy Monday to you as we come to you live. From the Rocket Mortgage Studios, whether you're looking to purchase a new home or refinance yours, Rocket Mortgage can help you get there. For home loan solutions that fit your life, it is oh so simple. Oh so simple that Rocket can. I hope you had a terrific weekend. Hope you had a great Sunday. Hope your team won. And if your team didn't win, I hope you still had a terrific Sunday and a great weekend. Regardless of how your weekend went, or your monday i'm gonna tell you something right here right now for the next four hours i'm gonna have me a good damn time this is when i get started 10 p.m eastern time 7 p.m pacific i'm being joined by super producer and host dave shepherd and i'm happy to be here joined by you we got a lot to talk about here this monday night cbs sports radio the jr sport brief show Obviously, we have a full slate of NFL games that took place yesterday that we will cover. Starting off with some, I mean, we just had some wacky games. Missed field goals and injuries. Sunday night was capped, obviously, by the Dallas Cowboys. uh, Losing. What else is new? And then Dak Prescott goes down. Again, we'll talk about that momentarily. Right here. Monday Night Football, the debut of Joe Buck and Troy Aikman on Monday Night Football. We have Russell Wilson back in Seattle. This time he happens to obviously be a member of the Denver Broncos, making his first start. And as of right now, about halfway through the third quarter, Seattle is winning 17 to 13. Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos looked to be pushing the ball towards the end zone. And they just fumbled an opportunity to score. And so, for whatever reason, and we'll get into this later on in the show, I believe that for tonight, Geno Smith and Russell Wilson, that these guys have switched bodies. Just in the first half of this game, Geno Smith completed 17 of 18 passes. 164 yards, two touchdowns. He was able to sling the ball around to eight different receivers. This is the first time Geno Smith got a legitimate start to to be a real quarterback. When I say real, not be some type of replacement. In eight years, eight years, this is crazy. Good for Geno Smith. I, I'm waiting for a monster to snatch all of his powers or at least for him to revert back to what we've seen. But, hell, you never know. People grow. So, let's see if Russell Wilson and the Broncos, and by the way, Russell was booed to start this game, no surprise. Let's see if we see a little bit of Russell magic as the Denver Broncos are currently down 17-13. to 13. Speaking of magic, Mahomes had a lot of it. Aaron Rodgers is searching for magic from his young receiving core. Justin Jefferson is nothing but magic. Aaron Rodgers knows. And in Baker Mayfield, ultimately he did not get that revenge against those Cleveland Browns that he wanted. We've had injuries, uh Mac Jones, TJ Watt. So there is a lot to do, a lot to discuss here over the next four hours. Obviously, we'll keep you up to date with Monday Night Football we'll talk about the game as it concludes and then we'll take your calls. If you want to holler at me the number here at CBS Sports Radio, it is very simple. It is 855-212-4CBS. That's 855-212-4CBS. You want to follow me online? It's at jr sport brief. If you do that, you already know what the hell we're going to talk about tonight. First things first. I got to ask my main man Dave Shepard. Shep, how did you enjoy all of the NFL games that took place yesterday?
2: Oh, Jr., it's it's fantastic, man. You have legitimate sports back at this point between college football and the NFL. And Patrick Mahomes took his lumps and then some for that epic collapse against the Bengals. But look who's laughing now, Jr. The MVP of Week One.
0: Yeah, we got a we got a lot to get into. Mahomes. what else is new? You know, people talk about, oh, you lost Tyreek Hill, and he goes out and who? He's, st- he's still absolutely amazing. Oh. Well, it's not, not who. Tyreek Hill and 94 <laughs> yards receiving for, for Miami. Uh, amazing job by him. But we're going to get into everything that, that took place yesterday, and we know where, where things pretty much capped off at. It was about 11 o'clock, 1130 Eastern time where I tweeted out a photo of Jerry Jones. And I said, America's team has basically become America's waste of time. They are wasting America's time. And that's what I felt like after watching all of those amazing uh, football games throughout the day. Close football games, comebacks, games decided by field goals, not decided by field goals. We had to watch. Tom Brady going to Dallas, Tom Brady now the oldest starting quarterback in NFL history at 45 years old. We had to watch him have a a so-so game. We had to watch the Buccaneers defense pretty much smash the Dallas Cowboys. And then by the end of the game, I'm looking at the score and I'm going, well, this game sucks. I'm looking at a a game here. The Dallas Cowboys only mustered three points. The Cowboys lost 19-3. to Ezekiel Elliott, 52 yards rushing. Dak Prescott, 134 yards and an interception. And what the hell else were we supposed to expect from the Dallas Cowboys? How the hell were the Dallas Cowboys supposed to score a damn thing? When Michael Gallup is coming off of an ACL injury. When Amari Cooper is no longer on the squad. And CeeDee Lamb, he's supposed to be the head guy in charge right now. He mustered 29 yards. Noah Brown has been on the Dallas Cowboys for about five years now. Does anybody know who the hell he is? Well, now he's been elevated into a prominent spot. Dalton Schultz, a serviceable tight end. He ain't no, no, no super game changer week to week to week. And so who can be surprised, especially with the offensive line, that the Cowboys stink? I said it last week. Be prepared for them to start to kind of disappear for all of the America's team nonsense to dissipate. And it has. And here we are. And you want to know the worst news for the Dallas Cowboys? It wasn't so much that they sucked last night. It wasn't so much that I'm looking at the game and every time I look up, I go, what the hell is this? This is crap. The scene that nobody wanted to see was Dak Prescott jogging off the field at the end of the game. And why was he jogging off the field prior to the game ending in the fourth quarter? It's because the man has a broken hand. Dak Prescott has a broken bone in his hand. He has a fracture near his thumb. He's going to be out six to eight weeks. And I hate to let you know this if you didn't know it already. This doesn't do anything but put the stamp on a Dallas Cowboys season a little bit sooner than it would. Because I've told you this, there's nothing to look forward to with the Dallas Cowboys this season. For a team that led the NFL in points last season, this year, they're going to lead them in absolutely nothing. After the game, it wasn't so much about, hey, why did the Cowboys stink or why did they suck? We all saw what happened. It was about Dak and his hand. And Jerry Jones, the man who put this team together the man who writes the checks, the man who owns the most valuable sports franchise on planet Earth at $8.5 billion. Jerry Jones was surrounded by reporters, and he dropped the news to everyone about Dak needing surgery.
1: Yes, he has an injury above his joint and his thumb up here. That'll need surgery. I'm particularly disappointed for our fans uh, uh, Dak will be out for a little while, and so uh, uh, we'll be dealing with that as well. So uh, this was a, a really tough night for the Cowboys, but uh, and and a really uh, a surprising night that uh, uh, of course really add to it. Right there at the end to uh, lose him for seven weeks. We'll see more
0: about how long, how many weeks that may be. Well, this is this is the new reality for the Dallas Cowboys now, isn't it? This is the new reality for what they get. Dak Prescott pretty much started off his career with the Dallas Cowboys. Didn't miss a game. 2016 to 2020, 72 consecutive starts until that ankle broke on television. Last season. He came back, had to deal with it, and still had a great year, all things considered. 4,500 yards, 37 touchdowns. And now in a full season where Dak comes back, now it's not his leg, now it's not his knee, now it's not his ankle. It's his damn hand. He went from an Iron Man to a broken man, and this this is a fluke injury. But it doesn't make anything better for the Dallas Cowboys. Even Dak, he talked after the game, and he said, yeah, hell yeah, of course. It's disappointing.
1: It's very disappointing, um, but injuries happen. Uh, can't necessarily control it. Um, just unfortunate. Obviously going to miss some time, uh, not be there for my team, uh, and that's what hurts more than more than anything, uh, especially after the start that we just put out there. Um, wanting to be able to respond and not necessarily having that opportunity for several weeks. Um, Yeah, it's unfortunate, but I'll do what I've always done. Anytime adversity comes, take it it on head first, uh, and it'll get my best, and I'm sure I'll come out of this thing better.
0: Yeah, man, but you're going to be gone for about two weeks. What are the Dallas Cowboys supposed to do between now and then? I can tell you what be terrible, be awful. They weren't going to do anything this year jerry jones is doing the same damn thing he does every year it's getting away let's not realize that hey me being general manager uh, me being uh, de facto coach me being owner is going to lead us to absolutely nowhere because when things are going good jerry jones loves being at the forefront when things are going bad, Jerry Jones loves being at the forefront, but what he never does is say, hey, I made a mistake. Where the hell are the wideouts? You didn't want to pay Amari Cooper, so he is gone. He's now a member of the Browns. Michael Gallup, you know he was coming off of an ACL injury, and what did you do? Absolutely nothing. Man, if Michael Parsons didn't sack Tom Brady twice in the first half of the game yesterday, things would have probably been worse than what they ended up being. And that's just for one game. And yes, it's one game, but you can pretty much expect it to continue to go bad for the Dallas Cowboys. You're going to throw Cooper Rush out there? Cooper Rush is supposed to be your placeholder for a month and a half to maybe two months of the season? And if you're the Cowboys, here's the thing that really stinks. For the past 24 hours, names have been thrown out. Who do the Cowboys bring in? Well, Jimmy Garoppolo, yeah, no. If if you're the 49ers, you ain't trying to trade Jimmy Garoppolo anywhere. People have talked about Cam Newton. Why, Why would they do that? Ben DiNucci, who's no longer on the team. It's like, oh, well, let's bring in Nick Foles. Here's the situation. I got to be honest here. There is not a quarterback who the Dallas Cowboys can bring in at this stage of the season that's going to do a damn thing. That's going to make them incrementally better. They will literally go from maybe getting beat down every week to getting beat down a little less. And so are they going to trade some low-end draft pick to procure a veteran quarterback? Maybe. They probably should if they want to avoid embarrassment. But this is something that the Dallas Cowboys should have taken care of throughout the course of the season. And now they're going to pay for it, not just in the standings, not just with their record, but in the court of public opinion. The wide receiver core, which pretty much had Cooper and Gallup and Lamb, is now me, you, and your next-door neighbor. The offensive line is in tatters, is in shreds. And the quarterback, Dak Prescott, the fact that he doesn't have or had a legitimate veteran backup has now put the Dallas Cowboys in garbage time. It just stinks that it's going to start a whole lot earlier than anyone would have hoped for. And you could lay the blame. You can lay it at the feet of Jerry, it ain't never my fault, Jones. Poor Mike McCarthy. This man's going to get the boot sooner than later. It's the JR Sport Brief Show here with you on CBS Sports Radio. We ain't giving anybody the boot here. What we're going to do is take a break. The phone lines are open if you want to holler at me. That's 855-212-4CBS. That's 855-212-4CBS. And speaking of the boot, we're going to get into Scott Frost this hour as well. He got the boot from Nebraska. But when we come back, instead of talking about uh, Mike McCarthy, who sooner than later, we know Jerry Jones is going to fire him, we're going to talk about a new head coach who just picked up His first victory. Mike McDaniel getting it done in Miami. We'll talk about that on the other side. It's the JR Sport Brief show on CBS Sports Radio.
1: You're listening to the JR Sport Brief on CBS Sports Radio. wants to hear from you call him now at 855-212-4CBS that's 855-212-4227 it's
0: the JR Sport Brief Show here with you on CBS Sports Radio I can't keep up with the fumbles tonight Monday night football Seattle Seahawks still currently lead the Denver Broncos 17-13 about a minute left here in the third quarter we just got fumbles all over the place. Denver fumbled the ball. Seattle fumbled the ball. A few minutes ago, Denver they fumbled the ball again, and now Seattle has it back, and it's just uh, it's a fumble-thon. Nobody wants to put this game away, and uh, we'll obviously keep you up to date as it moves on. I know the fans in Seattle will love nothing more than Sending Russell Wilson back to Denver with a loss. And I know Russell Wilson would love nothing more than to leave Seattle with a victory. And I'm sure post game, he's going to have some very positive, interesting, and introspective and thankful comments, regardless of whether they win or lose. Speaking of a win. We opened up the show talking about the Dallas Cowboys, something that they did not lose. Tom Brady walked away with that victory. And, and good for him, by the way. Right before the game started, his, his wife, Giselle Bunchen, decided to, uh, you know, kind of give a uh, go pa- well, not Patriots. That's his old team. Uh, go Buccaneers and go Tom Brady. And so I guess that means all is well on the Western front, I guess. Now, someone who actually won a football game, His first football game, he didn't even have to play. He's the head coach. It's Mike McDaniel. This is the latest boy wonder in the NFL. This man went to Yale. He was the offensive coordinator working with with Shanahan out with the 49ers. And we know that he took over for Brian Flores. And so what does that mean? You go to the Dolphins, you go to the AFC East. You go to the AFC East. You're going to coach in a division that's pretty much been ran and championed by Bill Belichick in the New England Patriots for the better part of 20 years. And so you open up the season against Bill Belichick, and what do the Dolphins do? They beat the Brakes off the Patriots. We're talking fumbles, strip sacks, the defense scored a touchdown off of the fumble. Interceptions. Mac Jones, at the end of the game, after the game, they announced that this man was out with a back injury. Today, Monday, we learned that there were back spasms and that Mac Jones should be okay for their game, their next game against the Steelers. But they went down to Miami like a full week ahead just so they can get acclimated to practicing in the heat in the humidity, and it didn't amount to a whole lot of nothing as the Dolphins beat the Pats 20-7. They now own a four-game winning streak against the New England Patriots, and this is, of course, it's going to be easier to do when you don't have Tom Brady slinging around a rock. Tua Tonga-Valoa, 270 yards passing. A touchdown to Jalen Waddle, who went 42 yards for the touchdown. This is what you expect And then Tyreek Hill, no longer with the Kansas City Chiefs, but Tyreek Hill, 94 yards in his Dolphins debut. And then even a big play call from Mike McDaniel on fourth down to pretty much help secure this game. And so after the game, Mike McDaniel, he, the head coach, was awarded with a game ball. But he decided that everyone on the team was worth one. I don't, I don't know if that makes any sense. But what do I know? I don't play in the NFL. And Mike McDaniel, he had this to say and share with his squad, and they loved him. Hey guys, I mean, it means the world to me. Um, but you know what? Uh, I'll take that, and I'll
1: return
2: it back. Everybody's getting a game ball. Yeah. Is one we can remember um, as the start of it. All the buildup, I'm so proud. We could feel it during the game. Things weren't necessarily going the way that we wanted to.
0: But we didn't crack. Okay, we're complimentary three-zero turnover battle. Okay? That's how you win football games. Okay? Yeah, good for Mike McDaniel. No coaching experience, goes in there and beats Bill Belichick on his first go round. Not not easy. Not something simple to do. Any offense for the Dolphins, it looked exactly like most of us would figure it to look like. Give the ball to Waddle. Give the ball to Hill and let them go out there and generate the rest of the offense. We know the Buffalo Bills are the cream of the crop in the AFC East. We know the New York Jets. Well, if, if one team is a cream of the crop, then the New York Jets are just I don't know. They're dumpster fire. New York Jets. What else is new? They they lost their game to the Ravens, and we'll talk about the Ravens later on in the show as Lamar Jackson turned down, reportedly, a gigantic deal. But the Bills are at the top. The Jets are at the bottom. And in the middle, you have the Dolphins and you have the Patriots. And maybe this go-around, the, the Dolphins will – end up on top of the pats in the standings we'll see bill belichick in the most bill belichickian way he said yeah folks this one game does not define the season but i know he's thrilled and he's happy that at least mac jones and his back is not a massive injury but it's only spasms so he should be okay 855-212-4 CBS. That's eight five five two one two four 2124 CBS. Manny is calling from Flushing. Manny, you're on CBS Sports Radio. What's going on with you? I'm doing well, my brother. How you doing? I miss talking to you. Ah, it's good to have you, Manny. What's up? I'm good, man. Man, I I can't I cannot disagree with you about those damn cowboys. They have been America's a of long time since for the last twenty five years. And I had to hear Jerry Jones in his mouth again and again. Thank the good Lord, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a Cowboys fan. But anyway, i was also gonna say this to Baker Mayfield: Be careful what you wish for before it comes back and bite you. I mean, no one of the Browns got rid of your big mouth ass, <laughs> and that's why they beat you. And shout out to my Giants, though. Oh yeah, the the New York Giants actually came through with a, a, a big win. And thank you, Manny, for calling from Flushing. Yeah, the New York Giants came up with a big win last night. Almost didn't happen, but they did. You got to give credit where credit is due. You have a a head coach who the players seemingly actually respect and enjoy, and the Cowboys on the outside looking in. Yeah, man, he said a lot there. He even mentioned Baker Mayfield. Was it going to last for Baker? Was it going to work out in Cleveland? He didn't want Cleveland. Cleveland didn't want him, and so now he's gone. And I'm pretty sure after some time in Carolina with the Panthers, then he ain't going to be wanted there as well. Welcome to life as an NFL quarterback. Welcome to life in in, in, in football. You either get the job done or you don't. And if you suck, they find your replacement. It's a dog-eat-dog world. It's pretty funny right now if you think about quarterbacks in the game. We saw a lot of performances last night, or yesterday I should say, to start off week one. You see Jalen Hurts looking like an improved quarterback for the Eagles. You see Justin Fields and Trey Lance battling it out in the rain in Chicago. Fields comes out on top and, and Trey Lance looks like a disaster. And you think about all the quarterbacks who've already been nicked up and dinged up and and have questions about their future and what they'll do and not do. It's like we got NFL teams that will hoard veteran quarterbacks just in case things don't work out, just in case. You know, you talk about the Cowboys, lack of a quarterback, and, oh, my God, well, maybe Jimmy G. You think the 49ers want to just get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo? And sure, Trey Lance was running around in the rain. You think they just want to get rid of him? all things. Oh, my God. Ugh. The New York Jets, they lost to the Ravens. What would the Jets look like if Joe Flacco, who can't move two inches to his left or his right, what would they look like? At the quarterback position, if Joe Flacco wasn't there, would we just get Mike White? And maybe we should get used to this because Zach Wilson can never stay healthy. It's a wild world in the NFL, and it's only been one week. We've had some crazy plays. We've had some wild ones, and we'll get into more of it as the show continues. Speaking of a hard-knock life, all my college football fans. You probably saw a wild game on Saturday between Alabama and Texas. And then today, talking about a wild one and not living up to expectations, we had a college football coach. Man, he got the boot, and he's supposed to be the the native son. They don't care about you when you're losing. I'm going to tell you about Scott Frost on the other side of the break. It's the JR Sport Brief show here with you on CBS Sports Radio.
1: You're listening to the JR Sport Brief on CBS Sports Radio. Listening to the JR Sport Brief on CBS Sports Radio. Hi, JR. Pleasure to speak to you. Uh, You know, I just recently discovered your show a few weeks ago and and just got to tell you that you've got a very uh, easy listening style. Call in now at 855 212 4CBS.
0: It's the JR Sport Brief show here with you on CBS Sports Radio. Speaking of easy, it is not so easy not right now at least, for the Denver Broncos and Russell Wilson in his return to Denver. Right now, as you just heard from Marco Belletti, and I will reshare with you, the Seattle Seahawks currently lead, still lead, 17-13. We've seen a lot of fumbles, a lot of turnovers, and now here with uh, the Broncos in a goal-line situation, and uh, we even see uh, penalties. And so, Russell Wilson trying to walk out of here with a victory, about six minutes, six and a half minutes left in this game. And I'm, I guess I'm not surprised or shocked. Shep, were you surprised that, that Russell Wilson got booze in his return? I mean, what do you think?
2: I think there's a consensus that he's one of the most calculated, uh, scripted people in the history of professional sports you don't get a lot of genuine candor. You don't get a lot of raw emotion the way you got from a camp chancellor. You know what I mean? Uh, an Earl Thomas, a Richard Sherman. I don't think he has ingratiated himself to the fan base the way those guys have, so I'm not surprised whatsoever.
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting because for a long time, I don't want to say it's uh, fans in Seattle were just drinking the Kool-Aid, but... I feel like until maybe last year, people got a little tired of it. But for the most part, a lot of it was just, I don't know if I'd say he, he didn't ingratiate himself into the community. He was a, a part of the group to to lead or, or push for the return of the Seattle Supersonics. Uh, I've seen Russell Wilson up and out in the community and, and be heavily involved. I just think towards the end, it was a little worn out. And, um, yeah, I think, I think the, the players and the organization felt a little bit more that way. And I'm very interested. Win, lose, or draw. And right now, uh, Brandon McManus, he, he hit a field goal uh, to bring this game a little bit closer. The Denver Broncos are now down 16 to 17. Still plenty of time for a, a comeback here. I want to know what he's going to say
2: post-game. You know what he's going to say, though, J.R. You you, you alluded to it at the beginning. He's going to oh. say the right thing. There's nobody that says the right thing more than Russell Wilson. I think that's what fans don't appreciate at the end of the day. They well, feel like I, he's a machine.
0: Well, I think uh, Denver Bronco fans, maybe they don't give a damn right now. That is the best quarterback they've had since Peyton Manning. That's and, be- true. and before that, obviously, uh, John Elway. And so Seattle, and, and by the way, Geno Smith, I'm still waiting for him to just just turn the ball over. I, I don't know where he's going, but we'll talk about Geno uh, later on in the show. There's still a lot left to be written here tonight. I think when it's all said and done, I don't know, let's fast forward 10 years from now, fans in Seattle won't care anymore. They'll they'll love or like Russell Wilson. Maybe like is, is more uh, appropriate for how he left and, and the circumstances, but he's an, he's an interesting guy, you know, for different reasons than, than other athletes. I wouldn't call him polarizing, uh, but he's, he's certainly in that space. People either love him or they don't like him or they can't stand him. And let's see what Russell does here at the end of this game. Uh, He can certainly add to his own personal highlight reel. uh, If he gets a win, this is obviously one of the, the biggest games of his career. We'll get to them and keep you up to date as it moves on. Right before we went to break, I did mention to you, speaking of uh, someone who was loved and speaking about someone who was appreciated. This is college football. You don't have to look any further than Scott Frost and the Nebraska Cornhuskers. This is someone who won a national championship, won a title with the squad in 1997. Nebraska. Nebraska. Prior to sucking over the past, I don't know, a decade plus, this is one of the most accomplished programs in college football. Scott Frost was their quarterback when they won that championship in 1997. He took over the squad in 2018. 2018, he took over. Well, heading into his fifth season, this man has already gotten the boot three games into this year under his watch, Nebraska has not seen a bowl game. They're five and 22 and one score games. They never won more than five games in his tenure and they fired him. I saw this score and I said, Whoa, wait a minute. This actually happened. I am here in Georgia. And when I saw that Nebraska lost to Georgia Southern 45 to 42, I said, Whoa, that is a uh, that's not something that allows you to keep your job, especially where this is one of those out of conference games where a team is pretty much paid a mil plus to show up and get smacked down, except for Nebraska paid them. And they're the ones that got their asses kicked. One point four million dollars Georgia Southern was paid. They had six hundred forty-two yards of offense. Let me say that again. 642 yards of offense. Were they not prepared? Did they not show up? I mean, was Scott Frost going to tell everybody about how bad and difficult it was to recruit? Like 642? That's like the ball was snapped and the defense just sat down. You actually had fans after the game in Nebraska. The fans, they expect better, of course. They were chanting for Scott Frost to be fired. And that's exactly what happened. He got the boot. He's no longer the head coach. And this is how bad it is. After going 3-9 and nine last year, he won't see a damn thing this season. But he is going to see his money. He has a $15 million buyout. And this shows you how bad they wanted him gone. If they would have waited until October 1st, they'd really only have to pay him half of that. They couldn't wait two and a half, three weeks. They needed to get his ass out of here today. And that's what they did. So Nebraska heading into another season, which is basically going to be a waste of time. And Scott Frost, who was uh, one of those native sons who comes home to to help save and fix the program. He's just a guy who's going to walk away with a big check for getting fired. And who knows the next time he'll be able to step back and actually be appreciated and loved. This will probably be the swan song for him as a member of the organization. They're not going to forget the championship. They're not going to forget the fact that you came on as a coach and you sucked. It's not easy. Another big game. This one I paid attention to. Started off Saturday afternoon. Started off college football Saturday. It's Alabama and Texas. I sat right here with you on Friday night and I said I have a full expectation for Alabama to pretty much Give Texas an early indoctrination as to what life in the SEC will look like, what it will feel like. But I got to give credit to Texas. They hung in there. It was 10-10 at halftime. Texas took a lead late in the game with a field goal. Alabama won via field goal. They knocked out uh, Texas quarterback Quinn Ewers early in the game. This man has a sprained clavicle. That's a collarbone for anyone who's not fancy like me. And Alabama walked out despite their penalties, despite their sloppiness. In Texas, they walk out with a little bit of confidence knowing that, wait a minute, we just hung in there with the number one ranked team in college football. And after this victory and the way they did it, Alabama is now ranked number two to Georgia, the Bulldogs. They beat Sanford over the weekend, 33 to nothing. And so Georgia is now number one. And so, if you're Texas, if you are Steve Sarkeesian, if you led your team to hanging in there and being close, sure, it's not a moral victory, but everybody will start to talk about Texas and the Longhorns and how much they can continue to improve, but how good they are. Sark said, and he wanted to quote his old coach, Nick Saban, who he almost beat, he doesn't want any of his players lapping up rat poison.
2: I think, first of all, uh, to quote uh, my old boss, we got to be careful of the rat poison uh, of, of uh, people telling us how good we are, um, which which is important. You know, a week ago, everyone told us how bad we were, and now this week, everyone wants to tell us how good we are, and we got to be careful to quiet the noise outside of our building and focus on us, be enamored with us, and focus on our preparation. I, I, think, I think that's the first part.
0: Coaches are funny, man. They always got to find some type of method of motivation. They say a whole lot of nothing. Go to these press conferences, and you got to cross your fingers that you can egg a coach on, and you can get something out of them. He says, oh, yeah, you guys said we suck last week. New York Jets coach Rob Sala after losing to the Baltimore Ravens, he spoke to the media today, and Sala is just like, oh, yeah, we didn't we didn't lose the game. They didn't beat us. You know, we lost it. I'm like, let's stop splitting hairs, man. And so congratulations to Sark. You hung in there with your old coach, Nick Saban. You almost did it. It took a field goal to knock you out. But we know Alabama is still gonna hand out ass whoopings the rest of the season. We know that Texas will be eh, okay, and that give it a few years when Texas moves over into the SEC, yeah, they'll they'll, they'll be competitive. But there probably will still be ass whoopings, a coming. And so sure, yeah, you got to take the victories where you can get them, even when you lose. Let's stop stealing uh phrases from Nick Saban. I don't need to hear about rat poison anymore it's the JR Sport Brief Show here with you on CBS Sports Radio speaking of taking victories where you can get them somebody check on Aaron Rodgers somebody go check on that dude right now he's out there playing with a bunch of bum ass wide receivers and you can already tell his patience is running thin we'll talk about it on the other side this is the JR Sport Brief Show CBS Sports Radio